You're listening to Peak One Sports. Sports Show. I'm your host, Cole James Rambo. That's Joey Foster. He's mad at me today. He's probably not going to say too much. Uh, I drug him back out here to record another episode because even though I'm usually, you know, a beacon of professionalism in this industry, somehow we recorded an entire episode yesterday and I, I recorded none of the audio. So it's ruined. It's just silent. It's like a silent film. Maybe we should release it as a Peak One Sports uh, silent podcast. That would be... That would probably get some numbers. But anyways, I screwed it up. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Joey. Can you at least say hi to the listeners? Like, are you that mad? You're not even going to acknowledge the listeners or viewers? Come on. Just a little hi. A little wait. No? Okay. He's really mad at me. He's really mad at me, so he's probably just going to be silent this whole episode. But even though Joey will not be uh, you know, contributing audibly to this episode, I am here to uh, rehash what we went over yesterday on the show <laughs> and uh, try to scrap something together for uh, this Monday evening episode of the Bungalow Sports Show because that's what we do. We're If, if nothing else, we're consistent, okay? Uh, I may screw up. I may uh, have some uh, flaws in my uh, in my system, but we're consistent no matter what. We scramble. We bring you an episode for this week in sports. But this week, as always, the Bungalow Sports Show is brought to you by Betalytics. Head to betalytics.com. Uh, promo code PEAK1. When you sign up, get 25% off uh, your profile there and... and don't be like me. Don't bet with your gut. You know, go on if you're a if you're a a better and you're a consistent better and you're somebody who um whether you don't know anything or whether you think you know it all, Betalytics can just add another tool to your betting toolbox. They've got all their statistics, they've got all their uh AI outcomes and uh different predict, you know, different things uh you know, predicted off of mathematics and algorithms and uh you know fancy smart stuff that I don't know anything about. See all my bets come from my gut and that's why I'm not a rich man. But if you go to Betalytics, you got a better chance than me to hit those big hit those big numbies and um it's all the main sports, your baseball, your football, your hockey, your basketball. Um you know, if you're an MMA head like me and you bet on MMA, Still got to go with your gut on that one, um, but for all your main main sports uh, and just you know, be we try to make educated guesses. We try to um, just in life in general, you know what I mean. You try to you don't just go out and make rash decisions, life changing decisions on a whim. You do research. You think about it. You make lists, pros and cons, and da da da. You know, you go through and you. You figure out the best way to make the smartest decision and the best decision for your life if you're making like a big life decision. So do the same thing with your bets. You're putting your hard-earned cash on the line. Make sure you got all the information. Make sure you are as 
educated as you can be on, you know, the possible outcome of your bets. And do that with betalytics.com. Promo code PEAK1. The numbers are doing great. They informed me. The suits informed me that the betalytics numbers are good. They're better than expected. They're going up. So let's keep that going. Today's show is also brought to you by League Swipe. Um, go check out LeagueSwipe.com. Um, this is for all you fantasy sports commissioners out there who uh, either have a hard time or are tired of dealing with the financial uh, goings-on in your fantasy leagues. Uh, they have got they basically kind of turn everything into a giant spreadsheet for you. They handle, uh, you know, I, I, they're not IOUs, but they, hi, they, uh, they handle all of the collections. They send these emails out to your, you know, they, they handle all of the commissioner duties so you can focus or, you know, most of the commissioner duties. So you can focus on your league. The show is also brought to you by LeagueSwipe.com. Head to LeagueSwipe.com. Check out the, what the, the show is also brought to you by LeagueSwipe.com. Head to LeagueSwipe.com and, and see what they've got for you. This is for all of you fantasy commissioners out there. These are tools to help you better deal with your league, with your league members. Um, you're tired of arguing with people, collecting money, things like that. This is this is to help you commissioners out there be able to focus more on your team rather than the league itself. It helps with all the minutia there. So if that's something that you uh, that you deal with, are is your fantasy league is it a pain in the ass? Are you a commissioner and it's a pain in the ass for you to do your commissioner duties and and deal with your team at the same time? Well, head to leagueswipe.com and see how they can help you. leagueswipe.com. All right. Let's start this show. Um so this last week it was a pretty busy week for yours truly. Uh, it was last week of the summer break for my son. He went back to school just about an hour ago, um, and uh, last week we went to the forest. Uh, he, you know, we tried this summer to take as many, you know, not like big time vacations, but you know, we went to Universal, we went to the forest, we went and did a few things here and there. So it's like just try to, you know. The, He's a he's a gamer kid. He's a little, you know, face in a screen type character. He loves that stuff. Um, but, you know, he also loves being outdoors. And sometimes with our kids is like we like to just say, oh, shit, these kids, all they do is got their heads in a heads in a screen. And that's true. It's like, well, so do we as, as adults. You know what I mean? My head's in my phone half the goddamn time. But it doesn't mean I don't like other stuff. It's just kind of like every once in a while you have to be shaken a little bit, you know, to go take part in those outdoor activities or those activities that don't involve screens, you know. And uh, my kid's just like any other kid, you know. He'll sit there and be on his screen playing Roblox and playing uh, video games all day unless you give him another option. So this summer we tried to give him as many options as we could, and this last week we... Uh, you know, living here in central California, we are, uh, very close to the beach. We're very close to the mountains and the forest and, um, just pretty much all the terrain you could think of is, you know, within a couple hours driving distance of where we live. So even though we live in a dirty little dust pit known as the central Valley of California, um, it's in uh, pretty good proximity to a bunch of cool stuff. 
So we went up to a place uh, called Arnold, California. We Airbnb a cabin. Um, my wife, she's not the camping type. Uh, she, uh, she's, you know, she's just not the camping type. You know, she grew up by the beach. So if there's outdoor activities, she much prefer, rather prefers the beach. Um, she hates bugs. She hates dirt. She hates, you know, pretty much everything that's outdoors. So she Airbnb beat us this, uh, this freshly remodeled modern style cabin, uh, looked a, you know, not, didn't look like our house, but you know, same color schemes kind of going on, uh, similar style and things like that. So it was, it was basically like, uh, as close to picking up our house and putting it in, the woods as you could possibly imagine uh which is cool i appreciate her for that because you know as i get older and i'm, I'm sure a lot of you can relate to this is like when i was young it's like yeah the idea of camping was pretty awesome um you know just going out in the wilderness sleeping in a sleeping bag all that stuff my my family we had this old rickety 70s like uh cab over camper you know where you back the truck underneath and the camper that sits in the bed of the truck and then you got the cab over part of it and all that. That's what we camped in. My dad used to call it the Titanic floats on a sea of gas. But, uh, that's what we, you know, so we would go camping, you know, fairly, fairly frequently as a, as a youngster. But now that I'm older, now that I make my own money, now that I get to decide what I spend my money on, I'm all about I'm all about comfort, you know, when it comes to vacation specifically because I work construction, you know what I mean? Like so 90% of the time my job on a day-to-day basis requires to me requires to me uh for me to be uncomfortable. Whether it's super hot outside, super cold outside, whether I'm carrying heavy shit, whether I'm smashing my hand with a hammer, whether I'm cutting myself on a piece of glass, whether I'm you know breathing in sheetrock dust or tile dust or concrete dust or actual dust like my job I, I have to be uncomfortable most of the time so when I am on a vacation I want to be as comfortable as possible uh you know in my living situation so not a lot more comfortable than a nice hotel room where you don't have to worry about cleaning anything up uh, if you don't even want to leave to eat, you can get room service. There's a Starbucks in the lobby. There's a convenience store in the lobby. Uh, they come and bring your car to the front door for you. You know, all this stuff. And it's like, I get it. If you if you have an office job, if you have a job where you're stuck in a cubicle or behind a desk or indoors for 8, 10 hours a day, I get why you'd want to, on the weekends, you'd want to go uh, be in the outdoors and want to go be put your make yourself uncomfortable because you're in climate controlled air all day long every day so you're kind of grasping thriving for that vitamin d and that outdoorsiness see me i'm outdoors all day breathing in dirt and smog and uh everything else this valley has to offer so then you know on the weekends and on vacations i just want to be comfy okay so sue me but anyways so I appreciate my wife for those decisions because if it was up to me, not that I don't want to spend the money, but I just, I get these thoughts in my head of like, oh, hell yeah, let's go camping. Let's go get a damn tent. Let's go get the, but then if I was out there in the woods in a sleeping bag, I'd be like, fuck, I wish we were in a hotel right now, or I wish we would have Airbnb that cabin, you know? Um, 
So we went up there. There's a there's a Calaveras uh, Big Trees State Park up there, which is uh, basically some sequoia trees, some of the biggest trees on planet Earth. Um, and it's basically just a series of trails and stuff through this national park. You can camp up there. There's like cabin rentals, there's hikes, there's a visitor center, there's all kinds of stuff, but, you know, Andy basically just wanted to go see these big giant trees. We accomplished that mission. If you've never been there, if you live in California, it's definitely worth the drive. If you're out of California, if you're going to be visiting Northern California and you're into the woods and outdoors and national parks and stuff, it's a good place to go. It's, It's pretty jarring, you know what I mean? If you come from a place where you don't see... You know, and the thing is, is when you get up to that part of California into those mountains, there's big trees. Just the regular sized trees are humongous, right? Your Doug firs, your redwoods, your other ones are like they're big trees. But then once you see these giant sequoias, you're like, oh, you could take like 10, 20 of these big giant trees that are just the regular trees. You could bundle them up like a bundle of pencils and it still wouldn't be as big as this one giant sequoia. So it's like some avatar shit, you know, and, and it's almost like fake when you get right up on it. You're just like, how is, how is it so damn big? It's crazy. It really is. Like if you've ever stood at the bottom of a, of a skyscraper or a giant building, you know, I can, I've, I've done it in San, I've been in San Francisco a million times downtown and you just, when you're down there and you're just shaded by the buildings and you look straight up, I've been in Chicago and just looked up at the Sears tower, you know what I mean? From the very bottom, right underneath of it. And you get the same kind of feeling from these trees. It's, it's really bananas where they're so big around, you know, some of them are, God, I wouldn't even know where to start with like inches or feet on how big around, but I would say they're like, you know, they're bigger around than your freaking living room. Like the circumference of this tree trunk, you know, and you go and you stand there and you look straight up and you literally feel like, you know, why is this, why doesn't this tree have an elevator? Like it's, it's pretty crazy. So, um, hold on. I just got a work text. Sorry. These are when we do podcasts on Monday morning, cause we fuck up our podcast from Sunday morning. You have to deal with work text sometimes. Um, but yeah, trees were huge as always. I hadn't been up there since I was like, uh, I was probably around Andy's age. So, um, you know, when you're an adult, things aren't as impressive. You know, when you're a kid, you remember it so much differently and so much bigger and all that kind of stuff. But, and then I think I kind of like oversold it to Andy, you know, I was kind of like, dude, this is going to be crazy. These trees are so big. And then you get there and it's like, yeah, the trees are big, but you know, this is a kid who's been playing with an iPad since he was, since he could open his eyes, you know what I mean? He's seen some shit. So these big ass trees, although he was, you know, he was excited to be there and weren't really blowing his hair back. So we went on another excursion, uh, right up in the same area to a place called Mercer Cavern. And, uh, Mercer Cavern is basically like a cave, uh, in the side of the mountain. Um, it's, uh, they give tours. Obviously we went on a tour, um, hit uh 16 stories into the earth so we you know 16 stories straight down into this cave 16 stories back up um i asked for a rope to repel but they said i had to use the stairs um you know you didn't think that was funny joey whatever 
Yeah, so this guy, Mercer, he was a gold prospector back in, like, you know, 1840s or whatever, the whole gold rush, California gold rush. And, uh, you know, he was sitting under this tree taking a break. They showed us the tree. Um, and he noticed that the grass next to him was kind of like, like, like going like in a wave. It was like the whole ground was kind of like, what the fuck? Like there was water under it or something. So he, he pulls the grass back and, uh, there was no water under there, but there was a, there was a hole. There was a, there was an opening into this cavern that he could tell was fairly large underneath. And it was the air that was pushing out through the hole that was making the grass move. So, you know, being the gold prospector that he was, he's like, there's got to be gold in there. So he uh, made this hole a little bigger and he went, you know, squeezed down inside and found this gigantic cavern. Um, and, you know, this is 1840. So, you know, they didn't have lights or flashlights or anything. He just had candle, candlelight um, or who knows, you know, torch, whatever he brought down there with him. And he's like, you know what? There's got to be freaking gold in here. I'm going to be rich. So he went and he bought a, bought a claim for the area. So it's kind of like buying real estate or land. You know, back then and during the gold rush, um, you know, we hadn't completely stolen all the land from the Native Americans yet. But really all you had to do was go to the closest, like, you know, government building or the closest city or who knows even knows how it worked back then uh, when they were, like, kind of just making all these mining towns who was in charge of giving giving out the land, but he went and bought a claim for this air, you know, this, who knows how many square feet, acres, whatever, for like a dollar, um, and basically that means like, if gold is found in this area, it belongs to me, so he bought that claim, went back up, went back in, um, took a couple, I think he took a couple people with him, a geologist buddy, um, and they went inside, and his geologist buddy was like, hey, there's there's not going to be any gold in here. And he's like, what do you mean? He's like, this is all limestone. And I guess gold only grows in like granite and something else. I can't remember, but it doesn't grow in limestone. Uh, and this whole, this whole cavern was, was all limestone. And, uh, from like millions of years of water and air and all this stuff, there was just all these crazy growths on the wall, calcium buildup, calcified shit minerals growing everywhere just really crazy stuff and like so mercer was like well like i'm not gonna get any gold uh but this is insane how crazy and cool and old all this stuff is so let's start giving tours and like two days later he starts giving tours of this cavern for like a pinch of gold and uh, they'd basically just strap some ropes around their waist and rappel down into this giant cavern with a freaking, you know, candle holder and and just look at the stuff inside for a pinch of gold, man. And uh, over time, obviously, it, it, it grows. It, it develops into, you know, certain passageways. You know, lighting, he was like, tried all these lighting systems. He drilled some you could There was holes they showed us where he had originally drilled holes into the walls of the cavern to hold torches to light certain areas of interest. But... The soot and the smoke from the torches was damaging the buildup and the minerals and the calcium on the walls. So he got rid of that. You know, he couldn't afford lanterns. So, like, they ended up, you literally on a little, looked like a little mini cutting board, they would just have candles on these little boards with handles. And they'd have to fold them in their teeth 
when they rappelled down and they'd have to hold it up against the wall to like look at anything. Like they did a demonstration down there where they shut off all the lights and you're just in true dark. Um, you know, with this one candle and then blew out the candle because she's like, look what it looks like with one candle. And it's like, holy crap, you can't even you can't even see anything, you know, like you're just rappelling down here on a rope, risking your life to see nothing like it's nuts. And then she's like, and now what happens if a drop of water puts that flame out? And she shuts all she blows the candle out and you're in like true dark. If you've never been in true dark, it's it's very jarring. Um, Like and most people haven't like experience true dark there's always some kind of either natural light or light reflection through something unless you've been in a cave or a a deprivation chamber of some sort like that where there's true dark no natural light no artificial light like to the point where you can literally have your hand a fraction of an inch away from your face and not even realize your hand is there and like most of the time even in dark your brain can make the connection that your hand's there, so, like, you'll see an outline, you'll see, but in true dark, she said, she's like, some of you might think you can see your hands right now, but you can't, it's just your brain telling you your hand is there and making you see an outline, but you, you, you just, you can't, you can see nothing, it is, it is, uh, is very jarring, and then she turns lights back on, we go 16 stories back up. I mean, it's cool. It was awesome. I guess. <laughs> um, you know, nothing's as cool when you're an adult. Like, unless you're just super into caves. And me, like, I've been to Disneyland so many times. And, like, amusement parks and shit where they build all these cool rides and cool sets and shit. You go in this cave and you're just like, this looks fake, man. <laughs> Anyways. All right. Well, that was my week last week. I, I just... Uh, we went and did all that, and it was it was fun. It was nice to get the kid out of the house and get him into some real, you know, go on a real nature trip and uh, have him see some natural shit rather than some digital shit. Um, but that's it. And then we came back Friday, um, you know, found out he's got the te- got a teacher for third grade, and none of his none of his friends are in his class. So that was a bummer all weekend. He was all bummed out. You know that feeling when you find out who your teacher is and then you're like calling or talking to all your buddies like, who'd you get? Who'd you get? And they're all like, oh, we got Miss Gray. We got Miss Gray. And then you're just like, oh, I got Miss R. Damn it. You know, so I spent all weekend just being like, hey, don't worry about it, dude. Like me and my best friend. We didn't have class like our whole lives. We didn't have class together, you know, and then also just like, and you know, when you're in class, you're like, you got to be doing schoolwork and you don't want to be getting yelled at for talking to your buddies anyways. And you're going to see him at recess. You got two recesses and lunch and after school. Like it doesn't even really matter that they're not in your class, but you know, try telling that to a, try telling that to an eight year old. Yeah, but so, you know, I'm not paying attention a whole lot to sports this week. We had the UFC on Saturday night, UFC fight night, Sandahagen versus Font. That was, other than a couple fights, that was a real letdown of a card, uh, you know, just fight style-wise and betting-wise. We had uh, Nate Diaz versus Jake Paul on Saturday night. Um, we had a few trades in the NHL. We had, you know, some stuff going on we'll go over, but... Uh, First, uh, let's get this out of the way. Let's hit on the old Women's World Cup team. 
Women's World, uh, U.S. Uh, women's National Team makes a shocking exit from the World Cup, uh, losing on penalty kicks to Sweden. Um, you know, uh, me and Joe, we haven't been covering this too much because it's hard. They almost make it impossible for you to watch it. These games are on, you know, at like, I don't know, like 3 o'clock in the morning or some shit like that. And uh, I get it. It's in Australia, New Zealand or whatever. But it's like, can't you do like a replay during the day? Like with the Olympics, like a lot of times those events will happen in the middle of the night. And yeah, if you want to get up and watch them, you can. But they'll have a replay in prime time or whatever of the big matches or the big games or the big events. And uh, they didn't really do that with the Women's World Cup. And it's kind of disheartening because, you know, everybody's got these big expectations because the women are the more successful of the two genders when it comes to soccer or, you know, international soccer for the United States. And then people get all surprised and shocked when they when they make an exit, you know, too early. And it's just like, well, you mean you're surprised that this sport we don't give a shit about until like, you know, one month every four years? It's the only time we literally talk about soccer, whether it's the men or women's World Cup. Like nobody gives a shit in America. And then now they're it's that time of year, or it's that time they're in the World Cup and they lose. Oh, they suck. It was like, well, maybe we should give a shit more, you know? And that kind of just goes to show you, it's like, any sport that we, it depends, the people of that country, whatever the people, the, the you know, the regulars, like you and me, citizens of the country, whatever they're really into, it's what you're going to be best at as a country, because those are the people that are going to end up playing it, the kids of those people, you know what I mean? Like, and getting better at it, and we just, they've been trying, you know, people have been trying to push soccer in America for, you know, since I was a kid, but it's just like, it never catches on, no one, I don't know what it is, if it's not aggressive enough, you know what I mean, I don't, the people hate the diving and the men's side of it, not as much diving in the women's side, but then America has a real, and just the world in general has like an issue with female sports, so there's just like a whole section of society who's not going to watch something because it's female sports, um, and then on top of that with soccer, there's a lot of, uh, American people who just don't like soccer because, you know, it's just, that's not what we do here. You know, our football is the real football or whatever. You know, I don't know what it is, why soccer has never caught on, uh, to the point where we can generate some of the best soccer players in the world, but we got the best baseball players, basketball players, football players, um, and that's because those are our main sports. Like, we can't even boast the best hockey players because that's not our sport. That's Canada. That's Russia. Uh, that's Scandinavia. You know, that those are their, the, that's their sport. You know what I mean? And then the rest of the world loves soccer. And other places, you know, the, uh, you know, uh, Central South American countries uh, are into baseball as well. And they're producing. But it's like it's also soccer is still number one in those countries, you know what I mean? And it's just, we're never going to be the best at soccer. We just won't. Not until, uh, you know, it is taken. I mean, I don't know. It's just like, it's not even, it's not on prime time in America because you can't get eyes on it. Right. So as a child and you're thinking about being a professional athlete, it's always, it's either, well, those are the most famous women professional athletes. So I'm a girl. Uh, I'm going to be a soccer player, you know what I mean? But, and if you're a boy, it's like, 
I love soccer, so I can either attempt to be like one of the best on planet Earth and be able to go play out of this country to make money, or I can play here and make a decent living, or I can uh, go play another sport if I'm a super athlete and I can choose between. It's just when you're a kid, choosing sports is usually based on what you see on TV. You know what I mean? And then that's why you try it and to find out that you're exceptionally good at it. And uh, nobody's seeing soccer on TV here. Like, even at the most important time in the World Cup, they're playing the games, you know, at uh, at 2 o'clock in the morning or whatever. So, hey, good on you, U.S. women's team. Unfortunate, uh, disappointing uh, exit from the tournament. But um, I guess... Uh, I guess that's what you get for disrespecting the anthem. No, I'm just kidding. But I'm sure that there's some people out there saying that right now. Um, all right. Uh, on to some baseball stuff. Um, uh, my boy Joey. Nothing. All right. Well, you know, he's a big fan of the Savannah Bananas, and they've been on a nationwide tour um, going around to different cities and bringing their flavor of baseball uh, around this wonderful country of ours. And they hit Sacramento, local he, local here, um, this last week uh, with special guest um, Hunter Pence, former uh, San Francisco Giants great. Um, all seems like all-around good guy, good sport, uh, good, uh, you know, just good sense of humor. And he went out there, he rocked it, he had a cool... Couple cool TikToks floating around out there with him involved. Some shit going viral. Here's one right here. I'm sure if Joey was here, he'd be like, oh, so now you like the bananas? Like, oh, I've been trying to, I've been talking about the bananas since we started this show, and you're a hater, and now you're not a hater? Oh, oh bandwagon banana fan. Mm, 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 mm. Shut up, Joey. <coughs> That's what I think. What, no response? You got no response for me? I didn't think so. It's because I'm the boss of this show. Me. I'm the boss. Um, yet another attempt for baseball to, uh, become a cooler sport. We got another baseball fight, possibly one of the best ever. And I say this cause there's been a lot of decent baseball fight videos out there over the years. Um, but, uh, this one had your rare baseball, baseball fight KO. Let's watch it here. Adam, Oscar's throw is not in time. He just missed him at second base. This is another rocket of a throw, and now... Oh, boy. Now oh, my goodness. Here come the benches. Off we go. It started with Anderson and Ramirez. Swings being taken. Kopak had to hold him back, and everybody's spilling out here in Cleveland. I mean, like I said, you rarely see someone get flat-out KO'd in a baseball fight or any kind of... You know, usually in baseball, you get the bench-clearing brawls, and it's just like a Tasmanian devil dust-up. Everybody's just... Run, you know, 
jumbling, jumbling it up and throwing punches and stuff like that. But, you know, these dudes squared up for a second and, and the White Sox guy, like he looked like he was ready. He squared up like he's like he's a trained fighter. And then he just got club. He just got sat down on his butt. Lights went out for a second. You saw it. You saw the lights go out. I'm sure he's probably trying to say he didn't get knocked out, but he got knocked out, dude. If that was in the UFC, the ref would have, Herb Dean would have jumped in and stopped that thing. But um, sorry, baseball. You're still not still not as cool as some other sports. Just kidding. Am I, though? Um, hockey stuff. <clears throat> Hockey stuff. What do we got here? We got uh, Amanda Kessel, wife of Phil Kessel, a favorite of the Bungalow Sports Show, eating hot dogs out of that cup three times, baby, rubbing it in the Toronto Maple Leafs' face. Well, his wife, Amanda Kessel, uh, hired to the front office of the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, so that's pretty cool. We like to highlight any time women are getting involved in the sports world at high levels. Um, and as we know, Phil Kessel spent a lot of time in Pittsburgh, won a cup with them. And, uh, you know, and his wife is, uh, is in the front office there now. And that's important because just, uh, just yesterday the Pittsburgh Penguins finalized a trade with my beloved San Jose Sharks for the best defenseman in the National Hockey League, Eric Carlson. Um, and, uh, in true Sharks fashion... We get rid of one of the best players in the league, and we take on a couple bad contracts and get a sweet draft pick. And re- like we, we did. It was a three-team trade between. I mean, I'll put it up. Here's the graphic right here. But um, three-team trade, and some. You know, we're the one with the guy who who this trade is being made for. Like this trade is being put together because of Eric Carlson, and somehow San Jose ends up on the shit end of this entire trade. Um, and that's just classic San Jose. Mike Greer, what are we doing, homie? I mean, you'd think we'd get something of note for Eric Carlson. Something of note for Eric Carlson, which, other than just moving that money, um, we didn't get. We got two bad contracts, so... Uh, Thank you, um, Amanda Kessel. <laughs> Thanks for pulling the wool over Mike Greer's eyes and getting Eric Carlson for a damn, for a song. You got him for a song. You got him. All right. Moving on. We got football coming up. Football is on the horizon. And um, uh, we are starting the Peak One Champions League Fantasy Football League. We got all the hosts and co-hosts and contributors to Peak One involved. Uh, that should be fun. We're not going to be competing for money. We're going to be competing for the King of the Network Award, uh, which will crown someone the king of the Peak One Sports Network for a year. I mean, that puts you above me. That puts you above the suits. You're the king of the network. What will you do with that kind of power? Will you be a tyrant? You know what I mean? Will you be a king of the people? We shall find out in a in a few months' time. But um, uh, we'll talk about that more. You know, as it starts, uh, probably going to use league swipe. I'm the commish of the Peak One's Champions League. Um, I'm the commish, so I might need to use league swipe 
to get, keep these guys in, in line. Um, but yeah, we're going to have that. We're going to make, that's going to be a lot of fun. We'll have updates on who's playing who and show versus show. It may start some heated rivalries amongst the shows on this network. You never know. You never know what's going to happen. It's a long football season and, uh, in our minds, an even longer fantasy season, even though it's technically shorter, but, um, this week, I know I'm a little behind the eight ball, but I, uh, I just finished watching the quarterbacks Netflix, uh, a series um, documenting uh, three NFL quarterbacks, Marcus Mariota, um, Kirk Cousins, Patrick Mahomes, three guys in three uh, extremely different positions in their careers and in their lives. Um, so it's, and it's very interesting. I'm a sucker for any of those behind the scenes type of stuff when it comes to sports, because I think a lot of us get jaded when we just watch the competition and, and watch and, and read the gossip sports news on our ESPN apps. Um, we get jaded of how much actually goes into being a professional athlete. And, um, we, uh, you know, sometimes as I guess I can call myself a sports analyst cause I do this show, but sometimes when you're doing coverage on sports and things like that, like, um, you know, you've got to be judgmental, you know what I mean? Because that's kind of the only reason that people watch sports coverage is to get different takes and, and different ways of thinking about different situations in the sports landscape. Um, so we tend to get jaded and just look at these players as numbers and statistics and records. And, and, uh, when you get mired in that, sometimes you forget how much work these guys put into this and, how much of their lives is devoted to this. We all talk about, oh, it's just a they got a job, I got a job, everybody's got a job. And it's just like, yeah, but unless you've got a job that takes up, you know, 90% of your brain power for, you know, half the year or three quarters of the year or whatever sport you're playing, how long the season is, your job doesn't do that. You get to take time off weekly and forget that you have a job. These guys don't get to take time off during their season because either you play a sport like baseball, basketball, or football where you're playing every other day, or ba baseball, basketball, or hockey where you're playing every other day for 82 games or 100 and whatever games. Or it's football where, yeah, you may only have one game a week, but there is more preparation crammed into that week for a quarterback specifically than maybe in any other position in any other professional sport on the on planet Earth. Um, and it just goes into the minutia to see how much time outside of the practice field these quarterbacks have to put in. Because, yeah, you got to remember the playbook, but then you got to remember your job. But you got to remember this. You got to remember, as any other position, you just have to remember what he's calling out and what that means your job is on this play. He has to remember your job everybody else's job and then three different options of where to look once the ball is hiked to him, depending on what, you know, what coverage the defense is showing. And those are all educated guesses because you don't actually know what's going to happen until you hike the ball. So they, you know, the times you don't see them on the practice field or on the game field, it's like they're literally sitting there and their wives are reading them plays and re like, it's not just what you see on television. It's that is the smallest amount, the actual finished product on the field or on the court or on the whatever, you know, that's the smallest amount of the entire job of being a professional athlete. And the quarterback is probably is, you know, definitely, I think the most involved, the hardest, uh, mentally, cerebrally, but then also 
uh, hard on your body. I mean, people talk about like Tom Brady not being a great athlete, but being the best quarterback. And it's like, yeah, you don't you don't have to be a great athlete to be a quarterback, but you definitely have to be able to take some of the hardest hits any human on earth has taken from another human because everybody on the other side of that ball is trying to just is trying to drill you into the floor, trying to hurt you. You know what I mean? And and having to play through. You know, you're another thing when you're like, oh, well, you have a job at your job. It's like, yeah, why don't you go to work You as a plumber? Um, well, the homeowner will um, fucking spear you into the bathtub. And then you have to get up and climb under their sink and change their pee trap. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's... Uh, it's just a different perspective. So I always suggest people watch all the, all the behind the scenes type stuff if you're a fan of a sport. And this one is is great because it's like I said it's three guys at three different points of their career. And um it's definitely not that I was a non-Kirk Cousins fan, but it's made me much more of a Kirk Cousins fan. It's made me much more of a fan of all of them to be honest. And uh that's because you get to see like, oh yeah, they're not just like superstar athlete. This is how they handle things. This is how, no, they handle things kind of probably the same way you and I would, uh, if we were thrust into being a superstar of a franchise. You know what I mean? And it's like, um, it's pretty, it's pretty cool to see to see how these guys kind of break down their job and break down their lives and and the game itself and be able to put that much work into trying to be successful. And then in some cases it works flawlessly. In some cases it's a disaster. And when it's a disaster, a lot of times it's, it's not even their fault. You know what I mean? Like it's a team sport. So it's everybody's fault, I guess. But you know, as a quarterback, somebody can drop a pass that was you threw perfectly. You know, somebody can miss a block and you can get sacked and your ribs can be broken. Like, uh, there's just a lot to it. So with football season about to kick off, if you're trying to get amped up, go watch the quarterbacks, go watch hard knocks, go watch all that stuff. Um, starting next week, Joey and I will be breaking down, um, every, for the next three episodes, we'll be doing two divisions, an episode. Um, and we're just going to break down, uh, each kind of just little breakdown of each team in each division. And we're each going to pick who we think, uh, you know, early futures on the division winners. Um, and we'll see how that goes, but I feel like that's a good way to kind of build into the season. Um, I don't want to get caught up in a lot of the roster stuff right yet because all, you know, everything's going to shake out during preseason. Uh, the fantasy drafts are going to happen once it gets closer to opening day, opening game. Um, but, uh, for those of you who are just dipping your toes back into football right now, we're going to go over just a little mini breakdown of the divisions and the teams and who's got who and and expectations and stuff like that. So we'll start that next week, probably with uh, AFC and NFC South, and then uh, work our way around the country. Um, what else do I want to talk about? What else? We don't have any quickies, obviously, because Joey's being silent. Um, if I remember correctly, he had a few good quickies and I think main topic was the, the Jake Paul, Nate Diaz fight. Um, and, uh, well, let's talk about that right now. Jake Paul won by a decision. It was pretty much a clear cut decision. I think Nate might've won the last three rounds just out of sheer output. 
But it was, uh, for anybody who is unfamiliar with an Nate Diaz or Nick Diaz fight, it was pretty run-of-the-mill, kind of the same shit they always do. Um, if they lose, they lose by decision, and they kind of maybe look like the better fighter towards the end or just at least the one with the more energy. They wait people out, and then they try to overwhelm them. Um, they just, a lot of times, they run out of time. And uh, Nate Diaz was making a lot of money for this. Um, it was kind of a no-lose situation for him because... He's got his crazy fan base. He could, I mean, he could have been knocked out cold that night and uh, he wouldn't have lost a single fan. That's just how how they roll and that's how we roll in the 209. But also, um, you know, they uh, they always stick with their, you know, the, a lot of the things that was getting people frustrated leading up to that fight, boxing, journalists, things like that is, Nate's attitude of like when they say what do you think is going to happen on the on the night of the boxing match and he's like it don't matter what happens in the boxing match because we know in a real fight he could never beat me you know because uh they just always have that in their back pocket of like if this was no time limit in a parking lot there's no you know there's few men on earth that could beat the one of the Diaz brothers in a parking lot with no time limit because if you give them unlimited time to let you just punch yourself so tired and then they'll just choke you out and and Nate Diaz at the end of the fight I want to say it was like in the ninth round or something like that Jake kind of ducked down and went around his waist and Nate put him in a little guillotine real quick and it just goes to show you that it's just like yeah you might be beating me on these boxing cards motherfucker but if I sense that arm around your throat it's over I don't know what that was. Was that an ideas impression or was that just a random Stockton guy? I don't know, but um, just boring. It wasn't what, I mean, I don't want to say it wasn't what we expected because if you go back and you watch a Nate Diaz fight, it's kind of just, if he doesn't have the opportunity to submit you, it's just going to be rock'em, sock'em robots. And usually he's going to be on the losing end because he's just going to run out of time and you've landed more punches uh, or landed harder punches, which is kind of the case is like they do these pitter patter punches that just kind of weaken you and tire you out. And then at the end, they usually are able to get you down and choke you out. And uh, this is a boxing match. So that wasn't going to happen. Jake Paul, obviously, I mean, let's stop saying he's not a semi-skilled boxer. He's a semi-skilled boxer. Um but now they're saying they're going to do a rematch in MMA and the PFL for $10 million, which is the easiest $10 million Jake, uh, not Jake, but Nate will make because you're, you're going to see that guillotine. You're going to see it in the first round. And he'll make $10 million for a couple minutes worth of work with a first-round submission of Jake Paul if it's in, if it's in MMA. So um, we'll, I guess we're going to see it run back, and we'll probably see Nate pull out a victory by submission over Jake Paul, and then uh, they'll have to do a rubber match. Uh, I don't know what sport they're going to pick. Maybe they'll pick fucking lawn darts or something, but I'm sure we're all, we'll all buy it. Um, I think one of Joey's other quickies was just Heather Hardy, uh, female professional boxer. Heather Hardy was on the, on the undercard against Amanda Serrano, and Amanda Serrano is just like this steamroller of a female boxer. Uh, Heather Hardy's kind of like a pioneer in female boxing, I guess you would say. She's 40, and she got her face mashed up. It, you know, it looked like it looked like if you put some ground beef in a, in a plastic bag and just squeezed it real tight, and that little ball of meat inside that, 
plastic. That's what her fucking cheeks looked like. She just got tenderized, man. She got tenderized for 10 rounds or whatever it was. And they kept trying to stop it on her. And she kept telling him, fuck you. Fuck no. Let's keep fighting. And, and she did. She's a beast. She's a, she's a damn warrior going out there and having her face bashed in by Amanda Serrano. But shout out Heather Hardy, man. Uh, about as tough as it gets. I mean, I would have quit. I would have quit in the first round, man. Um, what else do we got here? Um, oh yeah. So we didn't talk about this last uh, week because uh, we were half drunk and reeling from the UFC live event on this last episode of the Bungalow Sports Show. But Skip Bayless has been out there looking for a new co-host because. Uh, you know, a few weeks back or a month back or a few months. I don't even know how long it's been. Shannon Sharp quit on him. Finally got tired of dealing with uh, Skip Bayless, which can't really blame him. Skip's, I got nothing against the guy, but it's about as annoying as it gets when it comes to, like, sports. You know, he's just a clickbait guy. That's how he makes his money. Whatever. I'm not into it, but just saying all the craziest takes and just, you know, just saying outrageous stuff just to get fucking people, get numbers. Um like doesn't like to be challenged on his takes and argued with. So it was specula speculation about who he was going to pick for a co-host. Well, he has settled on a co-host and that name is Lil Wayne. Lil Wayne, Skip Bayless, the matchup, the, the team up we've been waiting for. I don't know what the fuck this is. It's just a, a grasp to, to get a, uh, a separate segment of the audience watching you, if it's a grasp um, to make you more relevant to black people. <laughs> I don't know, Skip. Like, what is this? Lil Wayne, he's kind of like a Drake-type character. He's always at, like, the big events, and he's always watching sports and shit like that. But I don't want to hear Drake talk about sports either, and I don't want to hear Lil Wayne talk about sports. I don't want like, I barely want to hear Skip Bayless talk about sports. It's you know, toler tolerable when he's got a former professional athlete or a former, you know, somebody, some kind of somebody who is in the athletic world arguing with him or, or back and forth with him. But Lil Wayne, I mean, what is this going to be? Is this going to be just, uh, is this going to be them spewing out their ta takes and agreeing with each other? Like, um, is, are we going to just, is it going to be a show? Because if you ever watch Skip Bayless and Shannon Sharp on Undisputed, like, it's just an argument fest, usually. Like, is that what we're going to see? Lil Wayne and Skip Bayless arguing? Like, is that what we want to see? I don't think that's what we want to see. And I don't think that would... I think Skip's trying to go with somebody who's not going to argue with him. Maybe they agree with each other on some t on a lot of stuff. Or maybe... I don't know. It's, uh, we'll see how it pans out. Lil Wayne also... Um. You know, I've seen quite a few interviews with him and things like that. And he's just, you know, he's real uh, low energy. You know, I don't see, maybe that'll play well with Skip's high energy. I don't know. But that just seems like a weird combo. Um, but, you know, uh, get Lil Wayne on there, sipping on some promethazine. That's what we, that's all, that's what we all want our sports commentators is drinking cough syrup while they're uh, spewing out sports takes, so. All power to them. Um, more reason for you to tune into the Bungalow Sports Show. You know what I'm saying? All the more reason. Because we're not making a mockery of the sports landscape. 
Um, all right. This show's over. Um, Joey contributed nothing. Thanks for nothing, Joey. Um, I mean, thanks for showing up yesterday. I know I screwed up, but you could have, you could have contributed a little bit today. He said he wasn't going to talk today because he's only contracted for one show a week. So unless I was going to cut him a check, uh, he was going to be silent today. So he said he did his episode yesterday and just cause I didn't record it. Uh, that's my fucking fault. And, uh, those are his words exactly. Um, even though I don't think he's got the balls to speak up now, um, you know, he's uh, in solidarity with all the other industries that are on strike right now. So hopefully he'll be a little more talkative next week. Um, shout out. Shout out today goes out to my man Paul Rubens, a.k.a. Pee Wee Herman. Um, passed away this past week. Um, you know, complicated character as most like actors, entertainers are. Some of you who are my age might remember he got busted for jerking off in a porno theater back in the nineties and that was kind of the what the downfall of Pee Wee Herman and then he made a comeback in some dramatic roles. He was played a good part in Blow. Um and then kinda of made a comeback, brought Pee Wee back and uh had a little resurgence at the end of his life, but then he got brain cancer and now he's gone. Um but, you know, one of those classic stories, I believe, you know, I don't think the guy is a pervert. I mean, porno theaters exist for a reason, right? Like, porno exists, why? So people can jerk off. Yeah, right, Joey? And uh, so if you have a theater that's constantly playing porn, why wouldn't you think that somebody's going to be jerking off in there? Um, I get it. You can't be jerking off in public. So then why have porn theaters out in public? I don't know. It's a complicated situation, but part of me thinks that, you know, he was an actor. He was a, he was a, a guy who, who wanted to do multiple things, and he got some real success, real worldwide success with Pee Wee Herman. Sometimes you get pigeonholed in the entertainment industry when you find something that's successful like that. And I think maybe he was at a point in his life where he was like, he didn't want to quit Pee Wee Herman because, I mean, God, how could you quit something that was generating so much popularity and money for you? But then I think also... He was trying to make us quit him with the jerk-off incident kind of a thing. You know what I mean? You see that here and there where entertainers, actors will act out and be like, dude, why did you do that? You're on this show. You're on this. You're doing that. And you ruined it all with this. And it's like, yeah, kind of by design, I think. Some of them do things like they sabotage themselves by design because they don't – their their creativeness, their – their uh their drive to create something new is being tampered by whatever they've been successful with so they're trying to figure out a way out of that Wee was trying to find a way out without saying i quit and he did that for a couple decades and then uh nobody gives a shit anymore so he came back and brought it back but um now he's gone man and uh, a big part of my childhood you know hanging out with zombie and uh you know, cowboy, cowboy Carl, you know, or whatever. Um, R.I.P. Paul Rubens. Shout out, shout out, dude, for real. Um, all right, that's the show. Thanks everybody for uh, joining me. Um, this was uh, this is a last minute thing I had to throw together because I screwed up yesterday, and uh, you know. I'm sure as soon as I turn these cameras off, Joey will just start chatting me up. Um, 
He's just principled. Joey's a principled guy, and he signed a contract for one episode a week, and he's sticking to it. So that's it. But I tell you what, I got two episodes a week, one of this show, and the other one is the new, brand new Bungalow Fight Show, Thursday evening, 6 p.m. Pacific. Um, it's me. It's Alexis uh, breaking down everything in the MMA and the uh, combat sports world and breaking down upcoming fight cards and all the news and uh, everything going on in the fight world. This week, tune in. Make sure you tune in. We are uh, interviewing the very first fighter to be sponsored by the Peak One Sports Network, Mr. Chad Box. Uh, he is a uh, he's a combat sports athlete, man. He uh, he is an MMA fighter. He's fighting a boxing match coming up here in September. Then an uh, then an M MMA match uh, shortly after that. And I believe he's on his uh, farewell tour. You know what I mean? He's calling it a career. Um, and Peak One Sports is uh, sponsoring him on that journey. And we're gonna uh, have him on uh, Bungalow Fight Night. No, I'm sorry. I still don't know the name, but we're going to have him on the Bungalow Fight Show this Thursday. Uh, so make sure you tune into that. Um, yeah, go check out Betalytics, betalytics.com, promo code PEAK1 for 25% off. Don't bet with your gut. League Swipe, leagueswipe.com. Uh, make your commissioner job easier. And uh, we'll, I'll talk to you guys on Thursday. Have a good time.